Welcome, everyone. This is All the Way Down, episode 27. i got to update this little graphic up here. 27. Um, I'm Invictus Knox with your host here, Dash Retro. That's me. I'm happy to be back. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, we, uh, we, do we, we didn't have a time. It feels like it's been a while since our last episode, but I think we're actually still on schedule. Yeah, yeah, still on the on the every other Wednesday, but uh, but yeah, I feel like a lot of stuff stacks up. Like, uh, you know, I've got I've got a lot of potential stuff to talk about, Man, including something see, that happened to me yesterday. <laughs> I see the stuff that you stream, and I go, God damn it, I can't watch because spoilers. And then I go, Oh God damn it, I got a podcast with this guy, I can't talk to him now because spoilers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I know it's funny because so much like I I want to talk about well Castlevania so much you know mm-hmm. that's always the big thing but I'm we're waiting on you <laughs> I'm I think once I'm done with Tomb Raider and boy is that a fun pin to define where I'm putting it in is uh I think I'm gonna go back to Castlevania after that um mm-hmm. I think I've settled into a groove of first stream night of the week just be a random retro game or whatever i'm doing as a series wednesday being our podcast night maybe i'll have a pre-stream uh workbench thing and then friday just being fighting games with the friends you know excellent seems like a yeah. pretty solid thing to get into yeah i've been doing a lot of final fantasy 7 speed running still but then like uh last week i went pretty hard on it but then i started to get some wrist pain probably from too much mashing circle <laughs> through cutscenes. <laughs> Uh, so I had to kind of cool it on Friday. Well, are, there, are there controller restrictions to your speed run? Yeah, you well, you okay. can't use a turbo controller. Damn it, I was going to say, just use a turbo. Right. Um, even if you could, it would be kind of annoying to then have to use a third-party controller, you know? Because uh, I like the Sony controller, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, no turbo controller is allowed uh, in it. Which, you know, is a rule that, like, I'm not super stoked about, right? Like, I can see it either way. Right. Yeah, it's very pure to not use a turbo controller. Uh-huh. It also means that it takes less hardware for someone to get into speedrunning, uh, you know, to since they don't have to get a special controller and that kind of thing. Yeah. I get all that, but at the same time, at the same time it's like, man, it's so like when I'm practicing, uh, when I'm so I, I use an emulator for practice often, and I use auto fire for that, right? And it's so nice <laughs> well, yeah. to be able to to relax on those part on the mashing parts. But anyway, um, saves you time so in yeah. practicing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I've been doing a lot of that, um, but also uh, uh, I, it, there has been a big update to Calm Skip, but I won't I won't bore everybody with that talk again. Uh, so uh, yeah, I've also been playing castlevania legacy of darkness for n64 like we mentioned and then oh man there's there's other stuff that i'd like to talk about too though i've I've got a lot i've got a lot on the plate yeah there's um there's definitely a lot of stuff i know you can talk about i i've only I, i've been working overtime like freaking crazy like seriously like, i just I, I worked 12 hours today and i can't believe i had time to still do this but either way um i, I played one game and I played a demo of another game that I can't... I would love to talk about this other game, but it was a demo, and uh, I'm pretty sure the full game has been patched all to, you know, heck to where it's like, why update the fucking demo? So I broke the demo uh, by doing just a simple QA <laughs> accidental mistake and it made the rest of the it made the demo broken and it I couldn't play the game. It's a game called Kaiju Fishing. 
it's a okay. fish, fishing fishing game you know obviously but like you're fishing for you know little fish uh to get bigger fish to get bigger fish to get gigantic sea monsters and it's fucking terrifying but it's a right. cute little fishing game and i was like oh, i'm gonna try it all i want to say about this game real quick is i the, you, you, you get you start off in this little pool area where you start fishing for small things and it tells you to go on a quest to go out in the big water right and uh it goes all right catch one of every of these fish and uh me just enjoying the game caught one of every fish but two of another fish and as soon as i went to the quest giver i go all right here's all my fish they go whoa 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 whoa, whoa you need this you need one of these and i was like yeah i got two and they're like whoa whoa, whoa. you need one <laughs> one yeah. and then you're good it seems like you don't have any right now so <laughs> the simple fucking logic of if it's not you know one it has to be zero i don't know if that translates into the full game so i can't judge it accurately but i think right. i don't want to buy that game now because of that broken demo gotcha you know i I think that's that's why we don't get demos anymore is because of it's because of you (laughs) it's because of me no it's yeah it's not because no one qa's their game anymore (laughs) (laughs) um so when i hear kaiju i think godzilla yeah what kind of monster are we talking about at the end well so i think there's a bunch of different monsters i didn't i think i played this demo for all of 20 minutes there's really you start off in this like there's like very there's not a lot of wakes you know it's it's very low wave area it's not scary water it's got fish in it and then like you're in kind of like a like a big open area of water but surrounded by islands and the islands get so thick in some areas you just it's a natural barrier and you can't cross them but you can see these gigantic fins swimming in a certain pattern out at sea and you're like oh that's creepy i can't wait to get out there and then you know you never do because you know you catch two fish and is this on steam it's on steam Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Is it 3D or 2D? It's 3D. Um, so graphics-wise, imagine uh, imagine Wind Waker. It honestly looks like an adult Wind Waker. Oh, like, neat. It's got that cell shading to it, but it's not like so cell shaded that it's like Wind Waker exactly. It's about halfway there. Imagine if Wind Waker were like you know cranked down to 0.5 and made in what feels like the Unreal Engine. I don't think it is the un- It's not the Unreal Engine. Sure, sure. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So can I can I briefly uh, tell you a story of something that happened to me last night? Please do. I'm uh, I'm I'm watching my brother on Twitch. He's playing Legend of Mana. Remember Legend of Mana for PlayStation One? I never got to play it. It is a SquareSoft game for PS One action RPG. Uh, oh, it's action. You know, uh, well, action as in it, you don't bring up a menu in combat, you know, it's like a battle starts and you, you know, it, it kind of lock like you're running around on the field. Right. And when there's a battle, it's just that like enemies appear and then it locks the camera into position. And then you walk around in that area and you fight the enemies action style. Right. Mm. Uh Cool game, really, really whimsical art style. I think the thing about the game that really stands out and makes it uh, like super instantly recognizable is the art style of the game and and how whimsical everything is also the soundtrack was done by the same composer that did uh mario rpg and kingdom hearts as well as some other really well-known stuff you know as as much as i shit on kingdom hearts the soundtrack is fantastic and uh and so yeah soundtrack by that same person um 
for uh for this game so that's really recognizable so it's a great game and i'm watching my brother and it was a child here's the deal it was a childhood favorite of mine but i haven't really played it in a long time so i'm watching him play it and i'm like i would like to play this game and i think i remember playing it on vita so i decided to go get my because the vita can play ps1 games so i decided to go get my vita out of storage you know i go find it i dust it off you know and i plug it in because it's out of batteries of course now first of all the vita is one of those devices where if it's totally dead uh it won't start up right away when you plug it in you got to plug it in and you got to wait for a while for it (laughs) to get to a certain battery percentage before it'll actually power up so that takes about 20 minutes, right? I'm still, you know, I go back to watching, I go back to doing whatever, and I'm glancing over at the Vita every once in a while, looking at the charge light indicator to see if it's telling me that it'll turn on now. And after about 20 minutes, I turn it on. Cool. All right. It needs to update. Okay. Reasonable. Fine. It updates. And then I, uh, I go to PlayStation Store. PlayStation Store needs to update. Oh, well, first of all, I looked through the Vita and I'm like, wait a second. I don't have Legend of Mana on this thing. That's weird. I could have sworn I did. Guess not. Uh, I apparently I fabricated that. Um, oh, did, I, I guess I didn't have it on Vita. So I need to go get it. Uh, so go to PlayStation Store. That needs to update. OK, fine. Reasonable. Wait for that to update. Then, though, when we're finally into the point of me booting up PlayStation Store to go find it. Uh, it starts erring, erroring out whenever it tries to log into PlayStation Network, like you, log you, into my account. You're trying to get error. Legend of Mana on PS on Vita. Vita, yeah. Nowadays. It's a PS1 game. Hmm? Nowadays. You're trying to do this like from last night. Yesterday. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so... I go... So, on the... So, so I try to log into place or log into my PlayStation Network account. Errors out. Gives me some kind of error code. It just says that it failed. It doesn't give me any details, and uh, and I get an error code. So then begins the nightmare that everyone can relate to. I'm sure everyone has had this. You go to the internet to say, what the hell is this error code? And all you can find, you can't find a, a, a PlayStation.com error code search thing that tells you what happened and how to fix it. All you have to find looking up this error code are forum post after forum post from 10 fucking years ago of other people who had this issue and no (laughs) solutions. All of the solutions are ridiculous shit. Like make sure UPNP is on, on your router. It is right. Uh, yeah. Restart your router and turn it back on. Let me tell you as a network engineer right now, you (laughs) never have to do that. It's always something else. Um, yeah, that might fix your issue, but it but it, it it fixed it in a way that you could have fixed it more easily, right? So I you know I hear that and I go, oh, it's the Mac entry, right? So I I go into the router's Mac table and I find the Vita and uh, erase it out of there, and that doesn't help, right? No, no, nothing's helping. I'm looking through all these different forum posts all from 10 years ago from different people. Oh, this person says to uh, tether your thing to your mobile hotspot on your phone, and then that'll work. Use your neighbor's <laughs> Wi-Fi, you know, all this bullshit. Use your neighbor's Wi-Fi. What the fuck? Then, after, But, dude, then after, like, 20 minutes of troubleshooting it and just trying it every few seconds, it just works. 
at some point it just stops airing out and it works and then it lets me in and i'm like okay you think they got that troubleshooting tips direct from the playstation vita manual (laughs) go to your neighbor's house ask them for their wi-fi password yeah there's those little like like uh uh what's that oh my god i there's those like ikea drawings you know of like you knocking on their door (laughs) um anyway so it just works after 10 after 20 minutes for some reason fine so now i'm in the playstation store and the the organization on there is a little confusing but the ps1 games are under a section called classics that is it's got like it's got minis on it for some reason. It's got PS1 games on it. It's got something else in it. You go to classics, and that's where these three different types of games are on the Vita store. Some of them are PS1 games. That's where those are. So I go to classics, scroll down to L, right, for Legend of Mana. I go to, <laughs> I press L, scroll down. There's Legend of Dragoon. There's Legend of something else. There's no Legend of Mana. And I'm like, hang on. I... I know that this game was available at some point on Vita. Why isn't it here? So just to check, I go to the search option on the Vita, right? Just like the type something in search. I type in Legend of Mana, search for it. It's there. It pops right up. So it, it like apparently you can't browse for it it's not in the listing but if you search for it it's there Weird. wait actually okay sorry let me let me rewind real quick before i searched for it on the vita i don't know it doesn't the ordering doesn't actually matter i also searched for it on store.playstation.com on a browser and found out that uh you can't find ps1 classics on the browser for some reason like if you just go to store.playstation.com and you search for ps1 games they don't show up uh so that was weird but okay so I search for Legend of Mana. Hey, it's there. Okay, fine. Really weird that it's not where everything else is, but I search for it and it's there. So, $6.44 US including tax, right? I press buy now, but it when I press when I when I go to buy it, it comes up with my old credit card info, right? Oh, that's, you know, that's understandable. I haven't used the Vita in a while. But there's nowhere to add new info. There's nowhere to change it on the Vita. All I can do is try to use what's already stored on my account. So, uh, <laughs> God, that's right. They said your credits would remain. But what the fuck do you do? Man, it's like going to your bank to visit your $5 in your account, you know? So you might have some information I didn't have last night. But I got there eventually. So let's keep going. <laughs> so... So all it's showing is it's telling me my it's going to use my old credit card info that's not going to work and there's no way that I can change it from the Vita, right? Frustrating. Oh, okay. You can't change it from the Vita? No. No, I I not even in the PlayStation Store. I I backed out to the regular Vita system settings to try to see if there was billing info in there, you know, like system settings, PlayStation Network account, right? Look at my account info, all that kind of stuff. Nowhere is there a billing option, right? Uh, which makes sense when we get there, but we're not there yet. This is the current part of of annoyance. All right. So. I go to store.playstation.com again on my PC browser and I log into my account, go to my account settings, and there I can change my billing info, right? 
let's ignore the part where the website errored out like five times while I was trying to change things. We'll just give them the benefit of the doubt there. And uh, I got my new, I got my new billing info on my account. So then I go back to my Vita. I go back to the cart, right? And go back to checkout on the Vita store. And hey, it updated the billing info. It pulled it from the site that I just updated on the PC and it has it now. Awesome. I hit purchase and it gives me an error. It just says it lost connection with the server. Jesus. Now I know it's connected to the server because it just pulled my new billing info, right? So I try it a few times. It's not working every time it gives me this other error code. So I start looking up this other error code. And again, 10-year-old forum posts that all point back to this article from Destructoid that says, yeah, this brand new Vita that we have, uh, it keeps getting this error, and it's because we're downloading too much stuff. <laughs> Just download less things at once, and it'll work. So they literally, they literally said, I'm your computer. Stop all the downloading. <laughs> no, no, on your Vita. Like, you're downloading too many Vita games at once, and it's not uh, going to let you add. G.I. Joe reference. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm like, dude, this is, this is a 10-year-old Destructoid article, and every single forum post points to it. I forgot Destructoid existed. Wow. And again, there I can't go to PlayStation's website for any information about this because they have nowhere to like put in an error code and get a result for anything. That is troubling. So the, so the only other thing that I found he, uh, is, okay, so now I'm Googling shit like, I can't <clears throat> buy a PS1 game on Vita, right? Problem with that <laughs> is that in March of last year, Sony announced that they were shutting down the Vita, PS3, and PSP stores, right? And then, and then, uh, the backlash. Month, yeah. And then a month later, they reversed the decision for Vita and PS3, and they're still, uh, they're still shutting down the PSP store. Mm. But, that means if you try to search anything about having any trouble downloading a PS1 game on your Vita, or anything on your Vita, all you get are the millions of articles that were written in that one month period of they're shutting down the Vita store, guys. <laughs> You're not going to be able to buy your Vita games anymore. And that's all you get. So I had no help. So eventually, eventually, I'm just like, okay, am I going to have to buy this thing on the PS3? Or, and then or the PS1. Uh, well, that, well, you know, my, what I wanted to do was sit at my computer, watch a legend of Mana stream while I played it on my Vita, right? That was the oh, digital okay. future that I was trying to embrace for once. Right. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. All this to say, what about that Mana collection they just released on switch? Is this not one of those games? Yeah, it just... looks like shit. Oh. All right, so let's. Uh, okay, right. they did. They did just remaster Legend of Mana for the new systems, but it's like thirty bucks. And what they did was they remastered and smoothed out all the backgrounds, right? So all the backgrounds look all like cool and hand painted, but then they still have these like sharp pixel sprites on top of it, and it looks like absolute garbage. I want to play the PS One game. Okay, so, me too. Anyway, so I, I'm thinking. Okay, I. I think I have to buy this fucking thing on my PS3 
so that I can then transfer it to the Vita, right? Uh, so sorry, I, I was just looking up what you said. I, I just saw a, a picture of it, and it does. It, it kind of, from what you were saying, it kind of looks like someone had just taken children's book art and then put pixel art sprites on it. Yeah, the the game has a very whimsical art style yeah. that does look kind of like a kid's book illustration, mm-hmm. maybe, but they're really good illustrations. Like, it oh, doesn't yeah, look like sure. a child's drawing. It looks like a really good drawing that's maybe for children. But you're right? saying this looks like shit. I, I'm looking at an image. I'm not looking at gameplay. So. Right. Well, I, I just don't. I just don't like the look of of pixely sprites on top Sharp of a smooth background. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Uh, so so i grab i get my ps3 off the shelf right hook it up to everything uh to the internet uh that thing's got to update now okay reasonable fine then i try to go to playstation store oh i gotta download it because i've never accessed it on this ps3 before okay fine then the ps store has to update though because (laughs) even though i just downloaded it i you know it doesn't download the version i guess it's got to update it too okay fine ps store updates so then then playstation store on ps3 comes up and playstation store has a notice on the front page why didn't vita have this i don't know it's very frustrating that the vita didn't tell me this but the ps3 has a store or has a notice on the front page that says you can no longer add funds to your playstation wallet on a ps3 or a vita (laughs) you have to add the funds to your account using a ps4 5 or the web browser what weird and then you can use those wallet funds on your Vita uh, or PS3 to buy something. They probably just shut down the gateways for those consoles because no one's using them. That makes sense. Well, yeah, like they don't want to probably they probably don't want to keep like security features up to date and so they don't want yeah. to do billing on them. That's and true. so instead you got to do your your funds on your other systems that are updated and secure and then you can use that already pre- now you can use your PlayStation fun bucks that you just bought on your Vita or your PS3. PS3 has a notice on the front store that tells me this. Wow. Okay. I, it was still very frustrating to get up to the point of the cart and then, uh, you know, and, and all of the errors and hurdles I had to jump over to get there. But this at least solves the problem of now I can add funds to my wallet and purchase Legend of Mana on the Vita. Right? Fucking nah. <laughs> all right. So... Then I'm like, okay, here's the answer. I will go on the browser once again uh, to the store, and I will add funds to my wallet. Now, here's the here's the first little thing. You can't add $6.44 US to your wallet. You can only add increments of $5 to your wallet. So now I got to pay $10 for the game, essentially. God damn it. Because now I, they need $10. And you know what? Fine. Fine. <laughs> it's worth $10. So I go to add $10 to my wallet, and the PlayStation Store on web browser errors out. It won't it won't take my money. I don't know how to fix it. There's no error code. I go to add ten bucks and what it you just do, says What you do is you error. take your ten dollars, you get it converted to nickels and pennies. 
Mm-hmm. You get a really big envelope. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you write Sony on it and put a stamp on it and stick we it in the mail. We mail it j- straight to Jack Trenton. Uh, I guess so, that's the CEO. <laughs> uh, I, I think he maybe he used to be. I don't know. No. That might be out of date. But yeah, so we're at the final step now where, okay, now I'm past all the hurdles. I now understand the intended process of how to purchase a Vita game in 2021, which is to per- to add funds to your wallet somewhere else and then use them on Vita. But that is erroring out now. I double checked my card information. It's good. Uh, and, and yeah, it, it, it airs out. It won't let me. And at this point, at this point, fuck it, you know, <laughs> fuck it. I gave up. I attempted to give Sony my money. I attempted to embrace the digital future and play a, a digital copy of legend of mana in 2021. And at the, at the, after two hours, I failed uh, and the whole time, what I couldn't quit thinking about the whole time is people love to make fun of Nintendo's online service and how shitty Nintendo's online is and how poorly it all works. But you know what Nintendo is really good at? Taking your money. It works. They'll take it. They will take your money when you ask for it. Also, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's it. That That's my experience last night. I had to get that off my chest. God damn, dude. All that over just not <laughs> wanting smooth pixels. <laughs> well, it's all I think the remake is also like $30 and at that price I might as well just buy the PS1, uh, you know, at that point I might as well just buy the the PS1 game and wait for it to ship to me and then play it on PS1. Wait for it to ship. I don't know how much mm. it is on PS1. Uh is Legend of Mana, right? Yeah, it's probably it's probably a bit more now uh, since it's yeah. a soft game. Complete in box, you're looking at sixty four dollars. Okay, okay, that's yeah, a great game. That's good. So yeah. huh? well, that that that's that that's oh, that's okay. my story. I'm now I'm pissed, so I'm over here pissed. Tell me something. Uh, well, I've got something soothing. Have you played Indigo Prophecy before? I have. Yeah. Okay, so you've beaten it. Have you beaten it? I didn't beat it myself, but I have seen someone else beat it uh, in the in the following years. All right, I'm happy that you have at least some experience in this. Then um, I would say this was <laughs> was one of my all time favorite games, um, and I say this uh, with the preface of I rented this from Blockbuster to give you an idea of how long it's been since I've played it. Uh, I, I had a PS2 when it was new, I guess, quote-unquote. So I rented this game one time because it looked interesting. Uh, this was in a phase where Blockbuster video game rental and uh, my mom's budget coincided perfectly with a situation to where we could be there almost every Friday and just rent something new. So I'd get a I'd get a new video game every week that I only ever got to play for a week uh, because that was the upgrade from the demo discs only model. Um, and then I found Indigo Prophecy. I played it, and uh, I, I think... I don't even remember what drew me to it, man. I, I think I looked at the back of it, and to be completely honest with you, there's a great chance that it was my third or fourth choice when every other video game I wanted to play was already rented out and out of stock. Sure. Um, but I saw this gritty-looking thing, um, and it was... 
curious about it because it said something about from the famous movie director or something like that or i don't even remember what the fuck it said on the back essentially it says uh <laughs> there's a movie director making a video game enjoy um that's that's what i gathered from it anyway sure. so and one thing to throw out real quick yeah. if anyone's if anyone's listening who's not from the u.s this game might be called fahrenheit in your fahrenheit region. and that's what yeah i was gonna get to that because actually what i played was not indigo prophecy i played fahrenheit oh, which okay. is the steam um it was a excuse me 2015 uh, HD remaster of 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 Fahrenheit, uh, the international uncensored version. So I didn't think about that at all through my playthrough because I was just like, "What? What? There's going to be more blood? Cool." <laughs> and mm-hmm. then uh, come to find out, um, oh, I guess I don't want to spoil it, but let's just say if you know anything about the San Andreas uh, uh, Grand Theft Auto game, hot coffee might mean yeah. something to you and yeah. that is about as best as i could describe this because well first of all it's a ps2 game san andreas was a ps2 game it was also an xbox but uh anyway the there is animated sex in the game and i want to say it happened on more than one occasion but my memory might just be failing me uh, because I was drinking a little bit in my second playthrough because I had to to get through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and, and honestly, it was mostly because I wanted to play it as a relaxation game because I've already beaten it as a kid. But I beat it as an adult. And woo boy, is there a huge difference in what a teenager considers a good game and what a <laughs> fucking adult considers a good game with context of how the real world works. Yeah. Holy crap, dude. Okay. I, How long has I it been since you played? You re- I want to ask you right away. Uh, w- is this. How much David Cage games have you played? Oh, so this is the only one, but because I love this game so much, I. Um, re- and, and I'm a huge okay. sci fi nerd. I kind of hu- hugely want to uh, play Detroit Become Human. Right, right. Okay. So, but, but, so you haven't played Heavy Rain, haven't nope. played Beyond Two Souls. But my friends, uh, and, and, and my chat have recommended that I, that I play Heavy Rain next. And sure, sure. I, I, I probably, I probably do it because I want to give this guy another shot for sure. Yeah, that's just fine. I'm just curious if you were like someone who played the more recent ones and then you're going back, you know, yeah, but no, no, no. no, no. no. So, this okay. is, this so is, you, I played it when it was is, new. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. I played this I, game when I, it was I new also, and loved it. I also played Indigo Prophecy before Heavy Rain came out. Mm-hmm. I know he did have another game. I can never remember the name of it. Uh, that was like for PC a long time ago or whatever. But yeah, also I played Indigo Prophecy before Heavy Rain came out. So, well, I, I guess on. it's also worth noting that <clears throat> when I when I played this as a kid, um, I guess I'm going to kind of allude back and forth between when I was a kid and when I played this recently. But uh, when I was a kid. I had never played a video game anything like what this game is, which is, and this yeah. is actually the first video game I believe I ever played that had QTEs, and that's another subject I want to get into, which is, anyway, QTEs, another subject, but first game I ever played that would be described as a walking simulator, or what would people would call it at that time, whereas this is really just a what I would call a playable movie. And uh, it's a thousand percent what it is. You move and control a character for a good portion of it, so you really can't call it 
a walking sim because there is puzzles, there is interaction, there is uh, dialogue options, there's there's choices of what to, things to do in what order. And that's kind of the whole appeal of the game. I guess I should have said this right off the bat. It's a playable movie, but the idea is you have choices, and those choices have consequences, and those consequences change the story and the outcome, which yeah. at the time of, in this PS2 era was revolutionary. Totally. I, I would be extremely, uh, I, I would not call the game a walking sim whatsoever yeah. uh, because I feel like part of that kind of game is that you can't lose. You just kind of walk through and watch a story happening. Indigo Prophecy is a game where you can lose. You know, yep. you can get a game over and have to try shit again. Let's, I think uh, if anyone hasn't played the game before, um, I think it w- maybe we can describe the yeah. opening act. So, so because... let me let me because this is this is the hook, man. This yeah. is what gets you into this motherfucking game, and it is a murder mystery of almost like I feel like I could pick up a novel in a grocery store and get the same kind of riveting story from this, but because it's also a playable movie, it's just so much more in the moment and it puts you in a situation you'd never ever be in. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you, you got to make some fucking decisions quick. So let's go here. Here's the story. Uh, I'm just going to give you the hook, the opening. So we don't spoil anything. Um, You are in a diner in New York, New York city. I would say the timeline is about, late 80s early 90s um yeah about that time i would say uh you definitely have a cell phone i want to say at some point but either way (laughs) you might be getting the game mixed up with other stuff but doesn't it take place in the future though i feel like there's some gadgets in it no yeah this is this is in the past okay okay i i'm i'm probably misremembering then it's it's cool i do it all the time um you're in a diner in new york city it's like Imagine New York City, you're in an old like 50s style street diner, you know, one of those old thing, those old restaurants that architecturally haven't been updated because since they, you know, were, were started. It's a diner, little, uh, like a silver diner, kind of 50s interior decor, etc. You're at your table, you're just reading a book, doesn't matter what the book is, that'll come in later, don't want to spoil it, um, enjoying your coffee. And your your meal, you go to the bathroom. You gotta you gotta you gotta drop a deuce. You go into the stall. I'm just realizing the entire Knox, get to the part where you stab a man to death. I don't wanna I don't wanna get to that part because I just realized there was never any important resolution on whether or not you actually took a shit in the beginning. Or whether or I, not I, you had to shit the entire time. I don't even think that it starts out with you reading a book or anything. Does that happen? I just remember that what I remember the opening seconds are yeah. you stabbing a man to death repeatedly in the chest in the bathroom of a diner and then you and then you break out and you're like oh my god I was possessed I think and I just stabbed a man to death right and so you're like holy shit I just stabbed a man to death that really just happened and then the game is like what are you going to do about it you're in public and you're in the diner and then as you're thinking about what you're going to do about it, the game goes into split screen and you start seeing that there is a cop in the diner and he's talking to the, the uh, uh, clerk and he's going to and he's going to come to the bathroom. So you're like, 
fuck do I just like start walk slowly out walking right now? And, yeah. And just casually walk by him and leave. And do I got to clean this shit up real quick and hide the body? Right. You got to. Like, there's multiple these- mechanics of uh, what you can do in the bathroom. There's like you, you have to understand you just killed a person and you have to weigh your sanity of uh, I got to get the fuck out panic versus what can I do to make myself look as innocent as possible as I'm about to be walking past people who will probably know me and look at me. And then you have to deal with the fact that, uh, uh, don't make a scene, get the hell out. How can I get out? There's just so many questions that happen all at once that just make it such a cool scene to just like have to think about for like 30 minutes. Whereas in the game you get one minute to execute. So that's why it's so fun. Cause you, you have to kind of understand where, um, where you're going to come at it from uh story wise uh narrative wise how you're going to spin it it's it's there's lots of decisions you make and they all affect the future some of which can fuck you up right in the moment and then you have to game over and redo it it's very frustrating um and yeah, i yeah. And, and i will say in particular this steam version of the game uh i played this with a ps4 controller just thinking while well, i played it with a ps2 controller back in the day that's how i should play it now uh the qte um oh damn i guess i should specify for those who don't know what a qte is it's a quick time event a thing comes up on the screen it tells you to push a button you push it if you push it in time you, you congratulations you go on to the next thing um they happen real fast you got to memorize in certain portions i would say when i first played this game the first thing i thought about was simon says a because the colors of the qte yeah. that you actually like when you do an action it's a certain color in a certain direction so i was like oh wow it's simon says mechanics with a movie this is interesting and also i'm playing it i loved the game at the time <laughs> but let me <sighs> now this is an issue we get into this podcast in sometimes where now i want to say hey if you guys don't know what simon is it's this game we every single kid had in the 90s <laughs> where it was a cert it was this it was like a disc circular what would you call it? it's like a ufo shape right of yeah plastic yeah it's like a saucer the- with four colored buttons going around, you know, and they would light up and make different. Each one had a different sound and they would a different tone and they would light up and then you had to press it in order. And each time it would get longer. So it would go like red, blue, blue, green. Right. And then you would have to hit red, blue, blue, green. And then it would red, red, blue, green, yellow, you know, and then you would have to do those right over and over. And yeah, in Indigo Prophecy, sometimes it'll bring up something that is just like that. And that you ha- and then you have to repeat it, and then something happens. And that brings me to a big issue that I have with the QTEs in this game, which is that when that kind of QTE comes up, you don't know what the fuck it's going to do. And that's something that drives me nuts in QTEs. No, a lot of the time, let's say you're playing God of War. What happens is like they're fighting, and then Kratos is like coming, and he's like swinging at the guy's head, right? And then a QTE pops up. You know what that QTE is going to do. You know, it is going to chop that man in the face, right? But in Indigo Prophecy, it's like the character looks at the camera and is like, huh? And then a QTE comes up that you're supposed to do. And you have no clue what the consequences are at the time that you're putting it in. And And that's, that was a huge, that was a huge problem for me when I was um, specifically at a boss fight near the end, because there is 
With a QTE, like you said, you're going to think one move is going to be a punch. Predictable. Okay, cool. That's what you want in a QTE. With this, it was like I had to do 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 just memorize like as my inputs and as this is happening nothing's actually happening on the screen it's just like lucas will walk up to the boss do a couple slippy slappies in the face and then get knocked into like a wall or something but it's like did i just pass the qte like what's happening because like there's not a lot of good corresponding into uh pass fail action and what's going on versus how well you're actually doing things and with god damn it dude i wish the qtes had the level of accuracy that a game like ddr had where it would tell you uh great good perfect amazing like and it shows like all those this in in this game you get it and you could fuck up real bad dude you could fuck up real bad and it would just go great at the end of the sequence (laughs) like okay and then you could do perfectly and at the end of it it'd be like great or you could do really badly or do really great and it won't say anything so they didn't really figure out the 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 mechanic to reward yourself they didn't they didn't figure out the cheese for the rat in this little labyrinth maze here you know fully um i also i i also vote that we don't care too much about spoilers for this game because it's old okay and uh well and, hang on and it's a mechanical sto- hang on uh, well mechanical yes because story is all this game is if you really think about it sure because did you like the part where you have to intentionally <laughs> fail the qtes <laughs> in order to get through the scene no they were very frustrating but i think the worst part for me was how the story changed suddenly and abruptly for no reason because the whole part of why this game is good is the beginning the opening hook you just killed a guy from going into a trance in the bathroom stall he was washing his hands after he was at the urinal you just walked up to him stabbed him with like a i I think you had a scalpel like a medical scalpel because right before you you stabbed him you carved all these symbols into your wrist and you were bleeding out through your wrist while you killed him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forgot about that part. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to build to that illusion there in the opening scene because, yeah, you don't start off eating at your table, but you find out later on as you have to escape that you were a customer. You were just at the table and you have no recollection of going to the bathroom because the game starts in the bathroom. Mm. So you have innately learned from the game without it telling you at all that you have no recollection of what happened just simply from where it starts you off and the the fact that it's a hook because right in the beginning also helps a lot too because you just stabbed a guy he's bleeding out to death he he dies pretty quickly um and it turns out we're not gonna i'm not gonna avoid too many spoilers here but um it turns out that you killed this guy by stabbing him in four different places with surgical precision such that you would have had to have a patient open on the table for you to have gone in with a knife and cut those arteries. And he bled out very quickly because of that um, in the bathroom. And so you have to find out how the hell you went into a trance, did this for like no reason. There's no motive. You were just some dickhead at a diner one day. And uh, you kind of just, you know, go through the story, figuring out key, key characters here and there, what caused what and what happened where. And meanwhile, 
the reason why the game you know traps you in it for so long is because you also play other characters in it you play the cops essentially who are after you there was the cop in the uh the diner with you but he's just a street cop he's just an he's not like an, an investigator which you then play you play uh two investigators on the police force in nypd you play carla valenti and you play Tyler. I can't remember his last name. His name's Tyler. All I know yeah. is I love him because he he has the best taste of music. Best taste of music, <laughs> and he has like the uh, the dopest apartment. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. you kind of go through their life. You you get a little slice of what it's like to be Tyler. Uh, he's got some relationship problems. You got Carla. She's single, and then you figure out what's going on with her. But god damn it, man, this is what pisses me off. You get some way through the game. And, like, you kind of get to the point where Carla figures out that you were the person who killed that innocent guy in a bathroom. And just, you know, you don't even have to have watched too many cop dramas or even, like, Breaking Bad to know that, like, once you find the target that you've been after, you know, the guy that just killed someone and you got him in your sight, you don't... You don't believe his delusions and fall in love with him. (laughs) (laughs) Carla goes from NYPD cop to, hey, I killed a guy and cut my wrists, but uh, uh, believe me, I don't know what I was, I don't know what I was doing and you should trust me. And she's just like, okay. (laughs) Like, like what? There's so much shit that like has to happen in a story for those two characters to that are diametrically opposed to come right together and just fuck in an awful yes. 3d awful cgi <laughs> animated god there was there was titty on there man and i was streaming this game and i was like oh fuck that's what it meant by international unrated and then i had to you know close off the video feed real quick and then i was like yeah, hey so super awkward uh, too really awkward n- totally unnecessary sex scene don't remember it all as a kid didn't think it needed to be there as a kid either <laughs> So that so on that topic, yeah, one thing is like we're we we might be talking about this story as if it's like super compelling and amazing and awesome. It and, was, but but well, you got you can't you gotta reel in expectations a little bit where it's like the hook is really cool, the idea is really cool, but as it's being played out, the dialogue is really bad. And a lot of it and like tons of scenes are just super awkward and embarrassing. Yeah. And like it's like something's off like it's super campy, you know, my God, there's a character in there that I was surprised. I didn't remember remember as a kid because this character is like so outwardly like a racist like like uh, what's the uh, like a caricature. Like, how did this get passed? And then later on, you realize, okay, uh, okay, it's not a big deal because spoilers. Do you want to spoil that? Okay. Yeah, we can talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an old game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some, like, you go to the (laughs) line. You're in the police station. You're in the police station, and you got to figure out, you got to find a book that has some information on god damn it some like symbols and like cult shit yada yada so you got to go to the library of 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 the police station there's a library 
downstairs, like, and off to the right or something? I, can't, I honestly don't think it was a separate scene you traveled to. I think it was part of the police station. You're downstairs. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and it's you like go in down... the Resident Evil 2 police station. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just with a just with a whole-ass multi-story, like, three, four-story library downstairs <laughs> with the lowest level being where the library is. And, you know, you just climb up the stairs to go up to the different floors of books. You got to find a book, Neil in a Haystack Quest, essentially. But the guy you talk to down there is straight up Fu Manchu fucking like you know old like Chinese Kung Fu movie outfit hat and everything or hood or something he's got on and talking like the most like stereotypical Chinese accent you could from the Kung Fu days Um, Mm -hmm. and it's like you actually have to interact with this guy for like a good solid hour or however long it takes for you to solve this puzzle and then you realize later on he goes Ah, I just had to see if you weren't like some suspicious dickhead. I don't actually talk like this. I, and, it, and it makes sense because he's a guy in fucking New York City. It's just some... <laughs> there's no yeah. like kung fu villain that just works for the NYPD. <laughs> yeah. In the library so, division. <laughs> and then, yeah, like a lot a lot of the stuff early on is is uh, is just really God. cringy and dumb. Like Campy. when they're introducing the cops to each other, Carla and Ty- Tyler, like you were saying... There, there's just scenes where like, hey, you want to play some b-ball, you know? And then there's like, yep. and it's like when I say it's campy, that's not really the right word because campy is usually pretty self-aware. But this is like straight up played 100% straight. A scene that's like supposed to be cool of them yeah. like playing basketball one on. It's not Carla. It's, it's talk to each other. It's Tyler and Tyler's coworker who is not at all even a minor character in the series, but you're forced to play a fucking basketball game with them through yeah, QTEs, but, and there's and like, like this. He owe you owe him money. There's like this developing storyline that never mattered and never will again in the game. Yeah, and it's it's taken so seriously and like oh my god, it's so bad. But and then though the the latter half of the game though devolves into like complete schlock. You mentioned the occult stuff a little bit, but it it goes like full force ridiculous later. They lose do the you, plot. Do you like it it gets to the point where you're there there's a scene that's it's like a dark room with a bunch of shadowed figures sitting in a yep. circle going well, gentlemen, that's the need, council, dude, and they have the most. We need to do something about the recent developments. <laughs> Harvey Birdman villain voices, like I, I swear, one of them, sh- one of them would have sounded better if he was just straight up. Uh, uh, God damn it, uh, Zoltar would have been so much better. Uh, it's it like it gets so stupid. Do you remember the part where you're in a mental asylum That's... and the power goes out? Yeah. And for some reason, the power when the power goes out, all of the locks on the cells emergency open, and then it becomes like a first-person horror game yep. where you're walking around a dark asylum where the quote-unquote zombies are just mentally ill people walking around like fucking zombies, making noises. You and screaming it's so fucking stupid like why oh, did that need man. to be it, uh, i don't even remember why we went to the mental hospital i think one of the people might have known i think one of the people might have known like one of the chief antagonists that you that you know or some shit like that like he's just of course he's some crazy guy in an asylum that's exactly 
how they have been billing like supporting villain characters literally since Bram Stoker's Dracula. That yeah. there's always an insane guy in a fucking ins- asylum who actually knows what's going on, but you know because he's in an asylum, yeah, you don't you don't trust him. You know why would you trust him? He's just only well, in the movie. No- Right. Well, no one trusts him. It's just your character with your detective's yeah. intuition that's like, actually, I think this crazy guy is right. Um, I don't even remember why that guy was relevant. I don't even <laughs> remember why we were there. dude. And I beat this game like last week. There's so much I don't fucking get about what happened about this. I have a terrible memory, man. And some of the games I talk about on this podcast... The, man, I played them like months before we talk about them on this podcast, but this wound is fresh, and mm-hmm. I loved this game as a child. child. Childhood? From my childhood, I loved this game as a kid, and like, I, I remember beating it as a kid, but I remember also as a kid not enjoying the game anywhere near as much as the first couple hours of it because of the mystery. And I, so it, the, the crazy shit that happens is like, you got to figure out why you were even, you know, your character even killed that guy. So you got to figure out why you just have like this. Oh my God, man. All right. We're going to go into more spoilers here. You all of a sudden figure out that you are also Neo. So there's this cult horror (laughs) figure, like horror, horror movie shit going on. But you also figure out that the spoons aren't real. You figure out that if you just really believe in yourself you can and also do a whole bunch of qtes at once you can hulk smash your way away from 30 nypd cops run across the top of a bus jump on a bridge and hitch on another bus and escape new york city downtown near the crime scene of where they go yeah i totally forgot that you have superpowers for no reason you also have psychic telepathic or telekinetic powers that you use against the protagonist in the final boss fight and the antagonist and it's just Dude, there's so much that just like I would have killed for this game to just be like, I killed this guy. Now I have to figure out why it happened and I have to atone. I have to figure out who possessed me. And then like that, if that just little bit of dark mystery would have been the end of the game, like just some some B horror movie, I would have been so much happier. But instead they had to be every horror movie and one time and also The Matrix. And I was like, why why did you need to go Ah, anyway yeah yeah i guess it 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 gets really stupid (sighs) but in a way though that like if you are if you're ready for that if that's your mindset it is entertaining throughout where you're just like yeah and look i beat the game both times i tried it i didn't put it down once it's easy to beat because it's a playable movie all you're doing is qtes and a little bit of puzzle solving here and there but it is like there's gonna be some really frustrating parts but here's oh i didn't get to this i i I was trying to say this earlier i played i'm playing the 2015 steam hd remaster and so i'm using a ps4 controller and this i'm doing that because you have the analog sticks so you can do your qtes but also for some reason um okay so i like the way that the game only pretty much makes you use the sticks for controls because it also adds a little bit of immersiveness so you can do up down left right during your qtes etc etc but there are some actions in game that require a little bit more complex and movement with a stick so for instance if i was climbing a ladder i would walk up to it first i would you, you know initiate the climb sequence by doing what the game tells you by hitting up on you know your 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 stick and then yeah. you go to the right and then you circle quarter circle up 
and then you go to the left, and then your quarter circle up, and then you go to the right, and you do it again and again and again, and it gives you this simulated feeling of, oh my god, I'm putting hand over hand and actually climbing a ladder in a game. And that seems like such a small little detail, but in in my little like 13-year-old brain when this shit came out, I was like, oh my god, I'm climbing a ladder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the PS2. Shit will never get more real than this. But yeah, like on, it, it kind of um, reminds me of like... I was just gonna say on the on the 2015 HD remake, there's something wrong, man. On those sequences where you have to do those like slightly more complex stick inputs, there's not a dead zone on on the PS4 controller, or or it's not, it's not, it's not like how the game's picking it up. It's at the end of the you know stick movement. The game isn't registering an input. So there were so many instances oh. where I would climb up a ladder, climb, 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 be totally fine going up. For some reason, going down. Right stick to the or right stick to the right, quarter circle forward, down. Then you go same on the other side, left, down. For some reason, every time that registered as this motherfucker just let go of the ladder and I just fall to my death. (laughs) And I had to restart the same scene like 30 times just like hoping that the the three seconds it gives you to, because for some reason when you climb on a ladder in a game, you don't have your feet on the ladder and if you let go with one hand, you just fall to your death because that's how ladders work. Um, If you just, uh, like I'd be waiting, I'd be pushing this thing. I'd get three attempts with the stick in before I ran out of time before it would make me fall to my death to just put my arm down and I'm just sitting here going no no fuck no no and just like <laughs> trying to climb down and I'm just thinking like what kind of idiot is just sitting there at the top of a ladder like Timmy in Jurassic Park scared to climb down from the electronic fence the electrified mm-hmm. fence like what kind of idiot is just sitting at the top of a ladder going ah, ah. <laughs> with their hand like oh fuck i'm scared i can't do anything let's just like that was hilarious but it it took me out of the game pretty bad like that's yeah. I, I can't blame the initial game though that's that's just the hd remaster right and it could be any number of things like you said it's a dualshock 4 yeah. i i have some specific oh, problems um, with analog sticks on dualshock I, I tried it on an xbox one controller as well a plug-in okay. xbox one controller same exact issue it's with the gotcha, game gotcha. i think okay yeah well, yeah. So that that's right. That's Indigo Prophecy. Uh, yeah. I mean, it right. It's it's entertaining, uh, and also um, such that I'm still <laughs> gonna give David Cage another shot, no matter what. Oh yeah. It's just that game was ah, god damn it. The writing could have been so much better. It was. It started right. off so strong. Despite all that game's flaws, I did play Heavy Rain day one, you know. Oh, really? It, it, it was something, you know. I um, think Heavy Rain came out in the time, it was a PS3 game, right? I think that yeah. was during the time that I was protesting the PS3 generation right. for not looking different enough from the PS2. Mm-hmm. And then Mortal Kombat 9 came out, and then I bought a PS3, so. Right. Well, when you play Heavy Rain, you'll 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 see again, like, oh, wow, yeah, this is a lot more advanced than the PS2 uh with with that the difference between that game and Indigo prophecy my real interest um, is detroit become human though because that has apparently that's just got like a lot of different pathways and how things can go and i love ai sci-fi in general so yeah I, I yeah you know i haven't played that one yet because my opinion of david cage stuff has kind of changed over the years oh. and it made me less excited to play that one. Oh, maybe i shouldn't play heavy rain then <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh yeah i i do really like the uh i i do really like stuff that is about r- like robot 
politics kind of yeah, you know yeah. the idea of like uh, you know artificial intelligence rights and that kind of thing i think it's really interesting um and it seems it seems from what i've seen of detroit become human it seems like uh it does a good job of presenting those themes but it also has what you were talking about with indigo prophecy uh with, with some of the characters where it's like okay so this character is the guy you're not supposed to like so he's the hugest asshole you can possibly imagine right and this character you're supposed to like so they're perfect and never make a mistake uh you know what i mean it's like every character's one like trait is so exaggerated that it's exhausting um but that's only what i've seen of it right i haven't actually played it myself so don't be too right uh you know take yeah. it with a grain of salt <laughs> I, I mean it, it's it's a game i'm gonna play either way it's as, as long as heavy rain is enjoyable i'll probably play it um so i've been playing a game called crisis core final oh, fantasy 7 so, so i'm super interested in hearing about this because i think this is the final fantasy 7 game i know the least about um yeah can i pee real quick while i listen to you Sure. Okay. So you guys are probably sick of hearing about Final Fantasy VII. Well, this is Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. It's a prequel that came out for PSP. So after Final Fantasy VII came out, and it was amazing, uh, there was Dirge of Cerberus on PS2. I never played that one. I don't really know anything about it. But then in 2008, 2007, 2008, somewhere in there, um, Crisis Core for PSP came out, and the whole thing is that uh, everyone knows the story of Final Fantasy VII, where it turns out, right, spoilers turn uh, about Final Fantasy VII from 1998 or whatever, uh, it turns out that uh, Zack was never, or sorry, Cloud was never in Soldier, uh, he he failed to become a soldier, but he was on the Nibelheim mission, and Zack was the soldier that was there with Sephiroth and met and knew Sephiroth, kind of, and stuff. Uh, not really knew him, I wouldn't say that, but anyway, um, you know, and then uh, and and then Cloud kind of like absorbed Zack's persona basically when he died, uh, and Cloud was all fucked up from Hojo's experiments and stuff, and Shinra murdered Zack, right? And then he got the Buster Sword, and uh, his memory got all fucked up, and he thought he was Zack, right? Okay, so Crisis Core, you play as Zack, and so you you are Zack just getting promoted to Soldier First Class. Sephiroth's there. He's soldier first class, right? You go out on missions, and let's just say this is a handheld game. This is a PSP game through and through, and what I mean by that, it, it stands out so much if you play it now, that this is a game where there are about a hundred million side missions, approximately, um, and every one of them is like the game's got like 10 different environments in it and every single mission, every single mission is it drops you into one of the environments, which is just like a dungeon that has a lot of pathways in it. And then on each mission, some of the pathways are blocked off and some aren't, you know, and you just have to find the one monster you're supposed to kill and fight it. Right. And that's what every single side mission is. So but they're you're you're playing this game uh, as young Cloud and Sephiroth going on missions together. You are Zach. You're Zach. Okay, right. Um, and so when you go on when you go on missions, it's always something like it's something for Shinra, right? It's like, oh, we gotta uh, 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 
neutralize the Wu Tai resistance or whatever. And so you go in and you fight a Wu Tai guy or something. Or like Hojo needs you to kill this uh, monster for a sample or something, right? So you go kill this Hojo monster, right? Uh, but every single mission is just here you are in one of 10 environments that you've seen before. Uh, run around for a little bit until you see the monster that you can see and go up to it and fight it, right? And that's it. Hmm. Um, and and so, yeah, it, it screams handheld game, right? Yeah. But there is a main story that you go through as well, right? Like, there's always the main story to do. Uh, and that's usually a little bit more involved where, like, you run from... You run through really great looking environments like as far as psp goes seeing midgar in 3d on psp or like going to the chocobo ranch or going to um well i guess more midgar i was gonna say the slums uh but then also like wutai and stuff seeing all these places in PSP 3D looks really incredible. Uh, and then there's cutscenes, oh. right? There's you meet the young Turks, you meet all these people, right? Uh, and story stuff happens. Um, and then there's a bunch of mini games too, because it's a Final Fantasy game, and they like to have mini games uh, that, and those are really stupid. But um, but it, it's fun. I like I'm liking it. You know, uh, like the side missions are all very samey, but I've figured out that like there's if you don't run straight to the goal there's always treasure chests around and i'm starting to figure out that some of those have like really good shit in them so it makes it a lot more fun to actually like get all the chests and then go fight the guy right um but let's talk about the combat first because there's a lot of it right this game is a lot of combat and the combat is very it's pretty unique uh and also um it is active yeah it's it's Mm. pretty unique and it's extremely baffling in another way so normally it's pretty it's pretty easy to understand when you get into a fight you know you're running around in the world and it stops you in place and there's an invisible there's invisible walls drawn around you right uh and and monsters appear and you have to fight the monsters right and the reason i say invisible walls is because yes it's active you run around with zach uh, you run around and you can hack and slash the monsters. It's not quite hack and slash though. Cause it's a little bit more sluggish, right? Your attacks have a pretty slow cadence to them. Uh, you can do dodge rolls that have iframes and stuff, but when you dodge roll, there's quite a bit of time where Zach just kind of stands there for a second before you can move again. <laughs> so the, so it's not like dark souls, right? Where like, where where it's like attack attack dodge attack attack dodge right you you need to it kind of is but you a little bit need of an awkwardness to, to it yeah oh okay here's what i mean it's not like dark souls where you can dot you, you where you can do like three dodge rolls in a row you know you don't do that they take too much time you need to time them out a lot better uh so um so it feels kind of clunky and clank and kind of sluggish for those reasons but the enemies do telegraph their attacks really well, you know? And so it kind of evens out and it's generally really fun. Uh, especially like getting behind enemies always gets critical hits on them, you know? So a lot of the game is kind of like baiting the enemy into attacking. And while they attack, you run around them and then start comboing them in the back. Most enemies you can stun lock if you just sit there and wail on them. So a lot of the time it's sort of about like, if there's multiple enemies 
you got to kind of be like wailing on one enemy in the back, you know, to, to stun lock him while you watch the other enemies. And then when they attack, you got to dodge it, you know, and then single out the one guy to take him out. Right. It's fun. And then while you're doing this, also, you can have materia equipped. So uh, the obvious ones are your fire, lightning, blizzard kind of thing. And the way that you access those, it's kind of like Kingdom Hearts, where, you know, in Kingdom Hearts, how you've got a menu on screen all the time, even though it's active. And I haven't you kinda played use Kingdom them. Hearts, actually. So uh, basically, when you attack an enemy, you're pressing X, but really that X press is selecting attack off of a menu that's on the bottom right that's always there. Oh. Even though you're running around, there's a menu on the bottom right that's highlighting attack, and that's what X does. And then, uh, and then you can use R and L to switch what that action is. Okay. So if you have materia equipped, you can scroll over to the materia and now pressing X shoots fire or it shoots lightning or whatever. And those are different things. Uh, there's also the item menu, you know, you can access that way, do all that kind of stuff. All of this is really great. It's pretty fun. Okay. Here's the problem. Are you ready for the problem? Oh no. On the top left of the screen. 100% of the time during combat, there is a slot machine that is going. Why? Dude. <laughs> there for, is a slot machine that is spinning. For like, a, the, a, like a, what's a limit break? Oh boy, does it do a lot of things. Oh. So it, it is sitting there spinning with different characters' faces as well as different numbers. And yeah, so the first thing that it does is if it uh well gosh, what do how do we say it? If you get any sevens, okay, first of all, <laughs> oh man, where to start with this fucking mechanic? Let's just overall say it is the most baffling, unnecessary, stupid game mechanic I've like ever seen. Like I, like, I cannot get over how stupid it is and how the, it made it into the final game. Damn. So, so let's talk about it. It's not like, it's funny because it's not so bad that it ruins the game. It's <laughs> just stupid, you know? So. It's like it a bad itch. So it sits there and spins. And if any of the numbers ever land on sevens, you get a random status effect that is good. It might be something like you have no MP cost for the next 10 seconds or you don't get knocked back from attacks for the next 10 seconds or you're straight up invincible for a second or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's right? doing I, so much that it feels like you're going to play this game and then not know why shit's happening. Yeah, absolutely. So what what so the what what happens here is you're playing it. You're you're not looking at the slot machine. It's going up there, but you're not looking at it. You're looking at the action. There's lots of stuff for you to do in combat, but then it'll just say on screen, right? No MP cost, right? In like the middle of the screen it just says that. And you're like, oh, "Okay, for some reason okay. it's free now." <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. For some reason magic is free now. For no reason, <laughs> you know, uh for a minute. And this is the best part of the mechanic, right? It gets stupider. Uh, this is like the, the kind of okay part because it's stupid that you just get the status effect for essentially no reason, but it is kind of fun to then switch gears and do and change up your strategy based on the effects you're getting. 
For example, I have a really powerful Thunder Materia equipped, but it costs a shitload of MP to use it. So when I get that no MP cost effect, that makes me switch gears instantly to go, okay, I got to heal. If, if I need to heal, I should heal right now because it's free. Then I should switch over to my really powerful Thunder and start blasting enemies with that because it's free right now. You know what I mean? And then once the effect ends, I go back to the usual thing. It's kind of fun to do that, you know, and I'll give them that. Isn't Here's it more other- fun, though, when that's just not RNG? When yes. You do something. Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so I, you know, I'm not giving it all the credit. I'm just giving it a little bit of credit that it is fun to change up your strategy every once in a while. Should it be RNG? No. But well, hang on. So there, there are like you know wild card mechanics that make things just more fun by the nature of doing them, but also complicate things. But you know, it's a double edged sword. Like I think of uh, Magic: The Gathering. There's a game mode called Plane Chase. And that game exists, like, the lore of that is there There are planeswalkers, so there are dudes that can magically walk between realms, and different realms essentially have different laws of physics, etc. So, like, you know, you have a, a plane chase deck, it's like you have a deck of, of cards, and essentially each big jumbo card is its own dimension. So every turn that that card is active as, like, the plane of existence that you're on, these rules exist. So for some reason... Uh, uh, I, I don't know, like magicians have like 20% less damage on this plane or on this plane, you have to draw an extra card every turn or whenever you do damage to someone's life in this, t- you know, there's random mechanics that like there's that can, that can definitely, uh, you know, supplant a lot of boring uh, things that not a lot of stuff that's not going on in combat that could be entertaining otherwise. But like the way you're saying this is, is like this is happening whether or not you have a choice, like whether whether you like it or not, you just have free magic now. Or, yeah. or, or like if you attack with physical attacks, you'll take 10 damage or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, if you hate it, you can ignore it also, you know, like <laughs> you can just not use the free MP if True. you hate it. Right. Um, okay. So here's the problem though. I mentioned that numbers and faces are spinning on the slot machine. So, uh, when the faces like the seven up, rotates, like, uh, uh, so th- there's three slots of the slot machine, right? Uh-huh. And a face is spinning and a number is spinning. When you say a face is spinning, do you mean, uh, one of the results of the slot machine landing, the result itself is spinning? No. Okay. Cause I was, I was oh, confused. No, no, I mean like people's faces. Like, like, you know, the pictures on slot machines when they're not numbers, they're pictures. You got like bar and cherry yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's like that. Except it's like Cloud and Eris uh-huh. and like other Final Fantasy VII characters are the images, and okay. those are also going on the slot machine. Oh, you mean okay? You're just saying that their faces are on the slot machine reels. Okay. Go yes, ahead. but in addition to the numbers, they're mm-hmm. not tied to each other. It's two different things. Just a bigger wheel with more stuff on it. Uh, yeah, like it's still three slots. Mm-hmm. It's just each one is a face and a number, and those are independent of each other. So it's kind of like six, but they're on top of each other. Anyway, if two faces come up on the sides, right, like the right and the left are the same face, let's say it's Sephiroth, right, on the right and the left, that's what lands. The game interrupts everything 
it stops. You might be in the middle of trying to do- of trying to time a dodge roll. <laughs> you might be doing anything, and it interrupts everything, puts a stop to everything. To now, embiggen the slot machine to the full size of the screen. We are now full screen slot machine, so that you can watch that middle reel and not see get it result you it, want. <laughs> see if it lands on the face, and you got a combo. And right, if you didn't, the game just goes, "Okay, never mind," and it puts it back <laughs> up there and resumes. That's so fucking <laughs> stupid. So the game goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa hang on, whoa." Okay, hang on. Never mind. False alarm. Don't worry about it. <laughs> like yes. every five yes. seconds. <laughs> yes, and it might, and it and it might again. It might be in the middle of you, like trying to do something. Time out. <laughs> and uh, and and it even like jukes you. Like sometimes it'll like land on the wrong character and then go whoa and start like rumbling and move <laughs> it to another character now to to psych you out and stuff. Sometimes in the middle of the third wheel spinning when you're waiting for it, it will like start playing a cutscene like like Zach is having flashbacks. Right. And this is going to empower his superpowers. Right. It, it like you get all these screenshots of character faces like here's Zach's memories or whatever, you know, and that just takes more time. And sometimes it doesn't like sometimes it stops everything full screen slot machine stops on something or like <laughs> brings up a cut scene of like a character saying something to Zach and then that goes away and then the third slot machine lands on nothing <laughs> and then it goes back to the battle. I fucking hate that man. Oh my oh, god. Oh it's so <laughs> fucking stupid. That's annoying as but, shit. But but okay so what happens if it does land on the character? Oh my god I got triple Sephiroth right? What happens then? You get a limit break. Oh, so is that the only way you can get them in the game? It's the only way you get limit breaks in the game. <laughs> randomly. <It's> randomly, <laughs> yes. So there's no strategy to it. It's just sometimes, oops, you got a limit break. And man, the limit breaks, they like take a super long time and they don't even do very much damage. Uh, <laughs> but like it is free, I guess. Free damage. Um. Yeah. Aerysis is pretty good though because she she heals you and it can overheal you, which is nice. So hers is pretty good. Why is Aeris uh, in the story if the story is about Zach and Sephiroth? Uh well, because uh Zach and Aeris dated. <gasps> oh. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's part of the story too. There um, is a little bit about Final Fantasy VII. I'm glad you explained prior to prior to doing uh, the gameplay talk because I from when, when I was a kid and I was playing the game. Uh, I think I mentioned this before, how I didn't understand the game, but I, I had a friend that I would call up every day for tips on how to beat it. Uh, and he, you know, kind of, I think he helped me most often right around the time where Zack was a storyline mechanic in Final Fantasy VII. So mm-hmm. I understood that there was Zack. I understood that he dressed like me. I understood that we shared a flashback, but I had no idea that that's the actual story of him, which is he's the one who has all these mem- these memories and you just kind of had them planted in your head in the live stream or some shit like that. Or mm-hmm. I think that's how it went. And then you kind of figure out that you, you, a lot of your, you have an identity crisis in, in Final Fantasy VII, like after you learn this. And I think that's when you're like, the, isn't that when, like, when Eris is pushing you around in the wheelchair or some shit? Uh, well, Tifa is pushing Tifa you around. Tifa is, yeah. Because Eris is, you know, 
fucking dead by that point yeah by that point yeah she's dead <laughs> yeah then that that would be an awkward conversation wouldn't it hey remember that guy i dated <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> well remember how you dress just like him like that man what a manipulative point of ugh, never mind <laughs> so um and and yeah and some so some of that stuff does come up to play i'll get to the story in a minute but i i really want to harp on this fucking slot machine mechanic because yeah so every once in a while oops you got a limit break which is really stupid but it gets dumber (laughs) it get it go it goes it goes deeper and dumber if you get a limit break then i mentioned that numbers also fly around on this or or, uh uh, spin at the same time as the character faces Mm -hmm. so if the faces line up and you got a and and you got a limit break the game also then looks at the numbers and that moment in time determines whether any of your materia levels up what so yeah so you can have six materia equipped the numbers go after you get a lucky result on the slot machine yes so you don't level up your materia until you have a lucky result correct and you don't level up your materia by using it you level it up when you get a limit break and then also when you get a limit break if the numbers line up uh it it levels up that materia the numbers go 1 through 7 and you can have you have 6 materia slots so if there's two ones twos threes fours fives or sixes uh, that slot of materia levels up once. Or if there's three, one, two, three, four, five, or sixes, then that uh, materia levels up twice. I guess it wouldn't be that much of a problem. because I guess I'm now thinking about it of, this is a PSP game. <laughs> and in my very unexperienced mobile gaming in the 21st century uh, mind, mobile gaming to me would indicate that like, there's themes here from Final Fantasy VII. They don't work exactly like they would because that would just be way too complicated and involved of a game. So here are things you recognize, and uh, you're just you know we're just gonna have fun with it. So here, here's a slot machine mechanic, and ooh, look at this! You lucked out. Now this fight is easier, and ooh, look out! Look at this! Now your materia is leveled up. Therefore, that tells me materia and limit breaks probably not that all that important of a uh, a game mechanic well i i would somewhat agree with limit breaks but not uh not material leveling up that's real big Mm. uh because the game also has a material fusion system in it that's pretty cool so when your material level up they 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 give you a stat bonus that increases and then you can use that materia once you've met, ma- like it might l- raise your vitality, for example. And as the materia levels up to master, it raises your vitality by more. And then you can fuse it with another materia, right, to get a new one. And that will have inherited the properties of what you put into it. Mm-hmm. So if you keep mastering and fusing materia, you keep getting materia that are higher and higher stats that are your stats, right? How long and is this game? You got to level them up for it to be good. How many hours uh, would you say? Oh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know yet. Have you beat? You haven't beaten it yet. Okay. I haven't beaten it yet. Gotcha. It's pretty long though if you're into the side missions because there's a, a hundred million of them. Well, um, it's a JRPG with side missions. It's going to be pretty long no matter what. I would. Yeah, assume. I don't know if I'd call this game a JRPG. I think it's an action RPG, just straight up. Well, 
Okay, so I guess that we have to talk then about the fact that JRPG just means Japanese RPG, which technically, of course... I guess. Yeah. Let's instead talk about another aspect of the slot machine. Sure. <laughs> so you might be asking, Dash, you said that the numbers go from one to seven, and you only have six materia slots. What happens if it gets seven, seven, seven while you're while while you lined faces up? Well, first of all, let's say let's talk about what happens if you get two sevens. Because I mentioned that two ones, twos, threes, fours, fives, or sixes levels up your materia once, while three levels it up twice. If you get two sevens, it does nothing. Eh. <laughs> but if you get three sevens, that is how Zach levels up. What? Yeah. Your fucking character. Your main character? In an RPG does not level up by gaining experience from fighting enemies. But if the slot machine lines up randomly... <laughs> and this game is playable to you it's so fucking infuriating this <laughs> slot machine mechanic sounds it's like the, it i'm telling you it's the dumbest thing i've ever seen but you could probably mod that out you know maybe but like the the battle system is really fun like fighting the fights is super fun and the missions are kind of fun, even though all you do is run around and fight guys. Uh, <laughs> and the story, even though I don't necessarily love this, the story itself, I don't know. Going through the story is still kind of fun and seeing all the Final Fantasy seven environments in 3D is cool. Yeah, it's, so, it's, a, it's a prequel thing, too, right? Yeah, so it's like yeah. you're not so gonna... the slot machine is kind of getting a pass. I do want to say one more thing about the slot machine, which is that I... <laughs> suspect this is it's too stupid as it's presented i suspect that the game does have a hidden experience mechanic huh. and it let and it, it will quote unquote randomly level you up when it thinks you deserve it right based on <laughs> some other thing you know what i mean like there's no fucking way that it's actually random because that would be the the actual dumbest thing anyone has ever put in a video game. You know what I mean? So it ha like, maybe I'm just in denial, but you think it, it treats you better when you're higher level or lower level. Uh, you know, oh, well, there is a weird aspect to it. We're like, um, sometimes, sometimes I'm in a really hard battle that I, I like, I cannot be cause I'm playing it on hard mode also, which is pretty fucking hard. Why? And like, why are you doing um, this to yourself? Ah, it's fun. The battle system's great. Uh, I don't think I would appreciate it if it was too easy. And but like some okay. battles are super fucking hard and I'm sitting there doing and I just never get limit breaks. Right. I just never get the slot machine going off. And it's weird. But then other battles, does the other battles sorry to interrupt popping you. off every three seconds. But does the slot machine uh, do the slot machine results scale with level? That's kind of what I was getting at. Does it pad your results based on like monster level? Because you know how in like some JRPGs when you go into combat, um, if you're lower level than them, you'll do like almost no damage. And if you're above level than them, it's like the game knows you're not the equal of that f that creature, but it makes you stronger, like even luckier for some reason anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, That mm. might be a thing because w what I've been noticing is, yes, yeah, sometimes I'm in a super hard battle and 
and it's just never popping off. And sometimes I'm in a battle where it, where I can hardly get an action in before it freezes everything again to show me the slot machine again, because it won't stop popping off. Hmm. So there, there is a, 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 a mechanic where um, it tells you what your limit status is. It's not like a bar, but there's like normal limit or high limit or sky high or heavenly, right? It, it says, which I think is supposed to imply your likelihood of a limit break, but I've not really seen it be super. Uh, uh, what's the word when like they're together, when they affect each other? Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Correlation. I, I, oh, I don't, yeah. I don't see a super strong correlation with that. Sometimes you get a message on screen that says heightened emotions have affected the slot machine. Uh, it doesn't what? say slot machine. It calls it the DMW, but even that I don't what does really DMW see stand for digital mind wave. I think. Well, I think I, this is me assuming a whole lot here, but. Are we assuming the slot? So one of the things when you talked about the slot machine was when you said numbers on it, I assumed you only meant seven, not like up to seven. So it's already very different to me as a slot oh, machine goes. But yeah. like when you're talking about how if it, I'm just trying to figure out if the, if the fucking slot machine is 100% a real random slot machine or if it's helping you out the whole time unseenedly, if that's a word. Right. That's what I'm trying to figure out while I play the game also. Yeah. In any case, the fact is, even if it is like a mechanic that um, even if it is a mechanic that it turns out isn't random and it helps you out based on something it is presented to the player as, as if it is random yeah. and the player is expected to treat it as such. Right. You know, so it is fair to criticize it for being random. I'm going to say this. I it's, it frustrates me when a game is smarter than it leads on to be, because I don't like the idea of playing a game where a game or a mechanic like that is in it. And I have to even consider whether or not I need to be wondering whether or not the results on it are trustable or mm -hmm. trustable is not the right word, but like, does it reflect a truly random outcome or is it actually helping me along? And I don't like that. I would have to figure that out. manually. Yeah, totally. So that's the general gameplay um, the other big aspect to this game, and the reason that most people would play it, if anyone's going to play it, uh, is the story, right? I really like the gameplay overall. I think the battle system is super fun and I, and and, um, and all that. Uh, Story-wise, eh, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, I, I think the only way to not hate the game story is to go into it thinking that it's its own universe, right? You have to, like divorce it from final fantasy 7 proper really you uh, yeah personally i think that you cannot play crisis core with the mindset of i am learning more about final fantasy 7 fuck Be because i think it only kind of ruins certain things about the game what For so? ooh, uh because like sephiroth is just kind of like a dude that you just talk to <laughs> And he's like, Zach, well, we need you to finish the mission. No, you no, know? no, 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 no. So hang on, hang on. If we're talking about past Sephiroth, we're talking about real Sephiroth, right? We're not talking about genetic mutant like Sephiroth, you know, in Final Fantasy VII. He is just a guy. I mean, well, he's not just a guy. He's like 
you know, Spartan 117 Master Chief of, of, of Shinra Soldier, right? But, you know, he's still just a guy. He's a human at this point, right? Very similar to Star Wars. I would argue that if Darth Vader was a regular guy before we saw him in A New Hope, uh-huh. I'd rather not know about it because it only makes the character less interesting and cool. You don't care to see where Vader became what he was? Correct. I think that was the majority of the sentiment between b- behind all the prequel uh, movies, but I yeah. kind of, as bad as those movies were in depicting, uh, depicting Vader as what he was, I kind of do appreciate it. I, I don't want to get too much on Star Wars here, but I, right, I, right. I, I do appreciate the, the depiction of, 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 you know, early Sith people just being people, you know, weak teenagers hungry for power they never had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like it's never, ever done right. Um, but anyway, so other aspects besides just Sephiroth, though, is the other thing that you learn, and this is also part of what makes Sephiroth less cool in Crisis Core, is that there's these other two assholes, Angeal and Genesis, right? They're like the mm. other two first-class soldiers, uh, and and they're sort, of, they're sort of treated as mostly equals. There is... There is pretty strong indication that like Sephiroth is the mo- is the strongest of them, you know. But they're like they're like three fucking like boy band buddies, you know, that <laughs> hang out. And uh, and Genesis is like the most insufferable, annoying character where where he's obsessed with this play, and all of his dialogue is him just like reciting parts of this play to everybody while Jesus. holding an apple. He's like this overly dramatic, ridiculous character, uh, while Angeal is like the straight man who's just like the normal, hmm, you guys better keep in line, you know. Uh, and But then also like in the world, all of the different members of Soldier First Class have like fangirl clubs. What like you find? Yeah, like you find people in Midgar that are like, "Do you want to join the Genesis Club?" Oh We're my god! It's with literally Genesis. like a J-pop group that you're. Oh yeah. yes, and uh, and and like, oh my god! Like all the stuff with these guys is so annoying and stupid and terrible and campy. And so as it, oh, also they can fly. They can just fly. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sephiroth, <laughs> Angel, and Genesis. Why didn't we mention we- this before? <laughs> This seems like a pretty significant mechanic. Right. And like, that's the kind of thing where it's like, you're putting this in a prequel. And so it makes it so weird that. that Okay. Hang on. Hang on. To be fair, there were plenty of scenes where, you know, Sephiroth just anime hovered onto a platform, right? That's just, that's like a projection of Sephiroth though. Uh, Using like Genova cells and shit. That's okay. not real Sephiroth. Throughout the duration of Final Fantasy VII, Sephiroth is in the Northern Crater in that gem thing, just like hanging out. Every single time you see him throughout the game, it's not really him. Uh, which is also why you always you usually uh. fight Genova when you see him, you know? That when you see so him on the cargo sense. ship and he floats in and then he flies away, boom, you fight with Genova, you know? Huh. Um, yeah. It's like a Genova seedling almost. Yeah. yeah yeah i can see uh, that now. so so yeah all that kind of story stuff is really dumb i do like the cloud stuff though like i've at least gotten to the point in the story where now cloud has shown up and he's just like a regular shinra grunt and he's bonding with zach and from what i i, I did play this game right when it came out you know however many years ago that was <sighs> and 
and uh it it's it's coming like what i remember about the game is turning out to be exactly right uh which <laughs> was that genesis and angel uh everything to do with them is like terrible and insufferable almost it's it's kind but, of funny because you're reminding sorry to interrupt but you're reminding yeah. me of have you seen advent children yes you're reminding me of Kadage and his like a, f- a few other. Cl- they're Sephiroth clones, and in, in character wise, they're probably nothing like what you're talking about. But like, it seems like there's just this constant theme of we have a super strong character, we have our team of heroes, and uh, or not even heroes. We have we have a team of protagonists, and goddamn, dude. What is it with the fan club thing? Like, it seems yeah. like didn't they do that with Final Fantasy 15 as well, where they essentially the whole game was a boy band without being a boy band? Yeah, and you're like on a road trip or something. Yeah. I, I I haven't played it. I don't totally know. But I heard it, it was good. Looks like it, but I heard it was also kind of like that. There's like a I don't know. Maybe it's just because they're they're Japanese developed games. Like it's it's a, just a different perspective that we don't get in the West because boy bands stopped being popular here in the 90s. Yeah, I I mean the thing is though like that it's like a modern I I, I blame Tetsuya Nomura, uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Did he write it? So, say what? Was he was he the writer or the director? Uh, he was the character designer for Seven. Oh, and then he but then he's gone on like he directed Kingdom Hearts and he directed the Final Fantasy VII remake, I, I think. Was, I thought he was more involved than just the character designer. Well, uh, le- he he has become more and more involved okay. over the years, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and to the point of directing uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake. Um, True. So, uh, so what, what was I getting at? Um, so Crisis Core, I mean, you're talking yeah, about how it, the we, we were, well, I I went off on the boy band tangent there, but you were talking about the different characters having their <laughs> importance. Well, yeah, like I I really didn't like the Genesis and Angel stuff, but yeah. then the stuff between Cloud and Zack though, and like them bonding and stuff, I liked I liked that part uh, when I was younger, right? And I'm just getting to that part now, um, and it seems fine. Uh, I guess the last thing to say about that, though, is that Zach is kind of a doofus, but I guess he's kind of a doofus in seven. Also, he's very talkative. He walks around and does squats a lot and stuff, you know, Uh, and you know what? I actually realized that it kind of made me appreciate seven more is that remember the the Nibelheim flashback as Cloud tells it at the start of seven when When you're in the the back of the truck. Before the town burns, but yes, okay. uh, when you're in the back of the truck with Sephiroth and Cloud is like really restless and walking around and doing squats and asking all the Shinra soldiers how they are, he's acting like Zack. Yeah, he is. You know, and like that, I never really, that never clicked with me until just recently that like that it totally, and I think that that's really neat. Um, Man, you're getting the advantage of, you're doing all these speed runs and like, Man, I love Final Fantasy VII, but I beat that when I was twelve. You're getting like supercharged on the Final Fantasy VII side here. I'm well, jealous. Well, I did casually play through seven again recently. After after I did like ten speed runs of it, every single speed run I was saying, "Man, we got to play this game casually again, so I can actually know what they're talking about in these cutscenes that I'm skipping through." You know, casual so I- to me means. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I picked up a game, and eh, whatever, it's got a story, I'll follow it, whatever. Casual to you means I just stopped my 10th attempt at beating the game in four hours, and now I'm just going to play it for the fun of it. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, right, right. And, and, so context. And to, right, to me, casual <laughs> means we are going to, I'm going to read every bit of dialogue out yeah. loud in the characters' voices and stuff, and we're going <laughs> to discuss the story and all that, so yeah. But I did do that uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I, it took like three or four streams to get through the game slowly, you know, uh, and, and doing that. So, yes, the, the, the story of regular seven is very fresh in my mind. Yeah, um, and, and I'm jealous of that because, like, there's nothing I can do. And I, I love Final Fantasy seven. There's nothing I can do short of listening to some dickhead on YouTube talk about it the whole time uh, mm. to, to get the full scope of the Final Fantasy seven story in my head. Um, you speedrunning it and, 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 you know, playing it casually to get the bits that you're missing in speedrunning here and there is just like... I wish I had the time for that because there's just so much of that story that like I was talking about the whole Zach arc. I didn't understand Zach at all until literally just when you explained it. Um, that was just a, a, a figment of my imagination. And honestly, I think it's at some point when I played Final Fantasy seven as a kid and I didn't I didn't understand Zach. I just mentally went well, that didn't happen. I'm just going to play this game as if I'm Cloud, and Cloud is who he is, and you know what? He just went through this me- f- fucking mental breakdown with Tifa trying to figure out who the fuck he is. Let's just let us just let him be him. Let's just Cloud. He's Cloud, and Cloud is who he is for the rest of the game, and that is the formula uh, uh, of um, making a complete em- empty blank space in your brain. <laughs> sure, sure. I, well, I mean, so one, uh, I will give you credit in that, like, the relationship between Zack and Cloud and ev- exactly what happened between those two is the number one most biggest thing that people don't understand about Final Fantasy VII after mm. they finish it. You know, like that, that's always that, that is the most confusing part of the story, especially because Sephiroth lies to you about it halfway through the game. True. Yeah. <laughs> He's kind of fucking with your head. That's true. Yeah. And I didn't think about that. For sure, but it's cool that uh, that they decided to give you that little bit of back and forth between Cloud and and give you that clarity between Cloud and uh, and Zach there because like being able to differentiate that there are two different people would probably help me mentally to understand where they are in the story, like in in the actual original game. Um, mm-hmm. You talking about how Cloud was being restless? I I remember that scene like almost perfectly in my head because that's one of the earliest scenes in the game uh is you understanding where you are with sephiroth in the game but like i remember that and i was like that doesn't even seem like cloud as an adult when you play as cloud all of his dialogue options are the opposite of that and you know as a as a kid and i think as anyone who's playing the game in the very early onset you're probably trying to you're probably automatically because you don't have other context of the game yet you're probably contextualizing that as uh cloud was young he was a boy this was back then he was yeah. fresh he's gonna be excited he's, he's gonna be eager to help people out he wants to find his place and now you're an adult and you're just on avalanche and the planet's dying cloud whatever not interested yeah, <laughs> yeah like i don't care whatever yeah you know that's mm. not the same character so it's cool that it fucks with your head there and makes you question earlier premises yeah yeah um, yeah, and you do get all that in the regular game. Uh, there is because uh, one big thing about 
understanding Zach and Cloud in FF7 is that the major cutscene that is like the big revelation of what actually happened between the two is hidden. Uh, you have to you have to go to yeah. Nibelheim what, like after after Cloud is in the wheelchair and all that. Uh, and then you get him back into your party after all that shit. So at like the end of the game, right, when you're back to having Cloud in the party, at that point, if you go back to Nibelheim and you go to the Shinra mansion and you go to the basement again where like uh, Sephiroth read all the books, boom, you get a cutscene, a flashback cutscene that like pretty clearly explains exactly what happened between those two. And I don't think I ever did that. And that might yeah. be why I'm so fucked up on this memory. Because the only thing in the in the Shinra mansion to me is the forced I'm going to see my mother scene. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And, and also Vincent Valentine, if you looked up a uh, game facts guide. <laughs> right. And you figure it's out how a, to get him early. Right, right. Because you gotta get that that invisible ink puzzle. The oh coffin. my god, remember that? With the w- but remember the invisible ink thing with the safe combo? No. Could you explain that? Uh, well, because the way that you get Vincent, you need to get the key to the coffin room, and that's in the safe. And to get the safe combo, there's four clues that are on a piece of paper. Well, there's three clues that are on a piece of paper. So my piece of four. paper was Game Facts. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so in, yeah. in game, there's a piece of paper that has that has three clues on it, but there's four safe codes. And uh, and the way that you get the fourth code is on the the three clues that are on the piece of paper are a selection menu, you know, bloop, bloop, bloop. you pick. Do you want to look at clue number one, two or three? But you can menu down one more from the three down to an invisible spot under it and you select that and that gives you the fourth code number. Huh? Pretty great. Because yeah. there's space there. You would think, how would you ever figure that out? Well, there's space down there. And at no other point in the game when you're given a selection, is there an empty space of extra line, you know, under it? I guess. Could- yeah, for sure. I, I guess if I was a kid at the time, and I was, and, and I was playing the game, and I didn't have access to game facts, I probably might have mustered up the confidence to try and figure that out on my own i probably would not have and i've never would have even known who vincent was probably (laughs) (laughs) i know i would not have had the patience to do that so i looked it up Uh, that was at a point point in my life where i was looking up uh because i thought as soon as i got the internet and i would go well i would go to my grandparents house because they had a windows xp computer it was like the latest and greatest thing um I, I found out this wonderful world on the internet that you could just get cheats whenever. You didn't have to go to a bookstore. You didn't have to go to a Walden Books to buy a Codemasters book for $20 to get cheat codes and games. So I was at a point in my life where I was like, oh, I'm going to do that for fucking everything. And because I loved the Final Fantasy VII story so much, I was just like, okay, why don't I just look up, you know, oh, the debug room. Oh, we could skip this or whatever. It's like, I, I don't have to die in this boss fight, etc. I don't think I cheated in the game all that much, but I do remember looking up guides and, and like going to places and doing things that I would have never figured out on my own. Yeah, like I was talking about Legend of Mana earlier, and that is a game that has like a million mechanics in it. Like in that game, you can craft equipment. You can make a vegetable farm and like start farming shit. You can make a golem that's like a pet robot uh, that's a, a whole mechanic. You can catch monsters and raise them as pets. This game's got like all these different mechanics in it. And uh, definitely as a kid, I had like a 
50 page document printed out from uh uh from game facts you know <laughs> to like of how all these fucking mechanics work and also I, I, I had binders and binders of just the most plain text awful game facts just fifty thousand page novels of of guides for yeah, every yeah. game i was at the retro game store the other day and they had this book that i had to pick up because it was so dumb Whoa. how to win at <laughs> nintendo oh man okay so there was a twitter uh the thread not a thread but like a, a thing going around a little bit of a fad i guess you'd call it of people going man one of my biggest pet peeves is when people would call a system like the name of the company of the system who made it of the company who made it etc so they were like when i was a kid i like i got so or when i was a teenager i got so mad when someone would say i I just want to go home and play Nintendo or I want to go home or she doesn't even have Sega <laughs> is, is like a line they would get used. But like I thought about it and I was like, dude, back then, how many generations of video game consoles were there? It, you either had Atari or you mm-hmm. didn't have Atari. It, 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 thinking about like the word Atari, Atari was like back then you'd have a 2600, 800 or whatever. But like you had, all these different iterations of an Atari. So people would just shorten it to Atari. And then there was like, you know, ColecoVision and Odyssey and all that stuff, but that wasn't as successful as Atari. But like, then there came along Nintendo and what was the console? The Nintendo Entertainment System. So what are you going to shorten that to? You're just going to call it, I got Nintendo or I got Mm -hmm. Sega. I got, you know, people got pissed off at like, I I hate it when people say, I want to play Nintendo. Dude, that's that same person I want to say was also on the other side of the fence of the argument of uh, I don't uh, I don't get why people get mad why people uh, will say PSX in lieu of PS1 or oh. PlayStation <laughs> because the PSX was te- technically its own separate console. Yeah, I've never really understood what the PSX was. Yeah, it's actually I so it's a PS2 essentially, but I think it was it filled like a whole bunch of other like purposes as a media center PC kind of. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't popular because I mean, the PS2 almost was half its way to a media center PC. <laughs> And speaking of weird wording, I, as far as this book goes, I also yeah. just love the wording of how to win at win. Nintendo. Like, you don't beat the game, you you won. This kid you know? fucking <laughs> sucks at Nintendo, man. <laughs> I, and, I, oh, man. My kid wins at it all the time. This whole book, too, it's like it's written so dumb. Like, I, I hear, I, let me give you a passage about Contra. For the snowfield and beyond, nothing in italics, nothing but lightning quick reflexes will enable you to try it. Enemy soldiers come at you from the front, (laughs) back, above, and below, while from hiding, cowards fling explosives at you. Like This uh, is 90s video game advertising commercial talk. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's good stuff. This is fantastic because there's so much, like, you know... Well, you you said earlier you think camp is also being about also about self awareness. I would argue the opposite. I think campy campiness is uh is endemic to 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 people who who don't get outside of their own circle very much and realize how weird they're being. That's <laughs> but, true. But but like I think I think of um when I think of like 
the campiness. I think about old advertisements from the 70s and how they all had those jingles because no one really knew how else you advertised at the time. And so that evolved and like video games, you know, the writing for like reviewing games at the time or even just a strategy guide you're 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 contending with the other written mediums of the time you're you're contending with uh not i don't think game journalism was really big back then at all so like there wasn't a sense of giving people the news or anything like this it was always just this monologue that you had to write as a guide giver almost you know what i mean yeah like old you had to you had to like you had to have an editor you know uh, give you bigger vocabulary words than necessary <laughs> sometimes make it seem like you're reading an action novel rather than a strategy guide you know yeah yeah so about i'm uh, one interesting thing you brought up jingles right and how so many ads have jingles have you noticed how and I, i'm gonna say nowadays but this has been going on for a long time that uh instead of jingles now there's just like a certain sound like oh, just it, a recognition. Yeah. Like Taco Bell has that bell sound, dong, right? And that's it. It's just a bell sound, and mm-hmm. oh, it's a Taco Bell commercial, right? Yeah. It's just a. Uh, it, it's 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 a less complex, more broken down. Uh, same. It's the same principle, right? You're gonna yeah. hear one unique sound in one place, but you're gonna hear it a lot. Yep. And we're not gonna tell you what it is because you'll already know what it is because you already have a positive association to it mentally or mm-hmm. psychologically. So yeah, it makes sense. Jingles, um, jingles never went away. Like you were talking about how like there's still some like them. I, I, I think because they work, they never went away. They just evolved into the more right. simplified form. Yeah, and like sometimes it's a sound effect, but also sometimes it's just saying the brand name in a certain way, right? Like PlayStation, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, in a certain like tone uh like uh reversed. What was that uh I have a I have a retro ad that I guess no one else is going to get but I get because I have it in my ad reel and I hear it every time I stream. I hear Sega Saturn. Oh, like they recorded it back. They recorded it backwards but pronounced it like yeah, backwards. Yeah, yeah. So like they uh, dude, I I hear that constantly now and I go, "Oh, well, obviously it's saying the product name, but like when I hear that, the tone of voice, the cadence of the voice, and the the inhuman pitch changes, I go, mm-hmm. oh, instantly my brain associates it with Sega. Well, it's the first word, so you're going to hear it. But like, yep, yep. But before that, the campaign was not talking weird backwards. It was literally just screaming at you, Sega! <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, as much man, as you can get. Se- right, Sega's been doing it forever, because even just Sega! yeah right all the different kinds that's not a jingle but it but it's the same thing right yeah they say it in that way and you know exactly what you know you don't you don't even have to say the word if you go to somebody right it's sega you know yeah yeah and then i mean like fuck dude now that i think about it sega's been doing that for like like they changed it up a lot because like there's the whole uh there's, I want to say it was a Dreamcast advert where it was like a uh, Sega Dream. It was a female voice, a Sega Dreamcast, and then mm. it good. Then it goes to, it's thinking, <laughs> like it's, it's thinking. Was that Dreamcast? I think it was either Saturn or Dreamcast, but it was like okay. it's thinking. Like it's it's got its own. I I'm, I almost want to swear it's Dreamcast. Where sure, um, sure. it might have been like Dreamcast. It's thinking or something like that. Where they're just kind of trying to give you the idea that it's just a smart device before smart devices were a thing. 
Yeah, I feel like GameCube also had a woman whispering the word GameCube as kind of the thing. GameCube, you Dude, know. I th- y- you know what else there was? What? A bunch of kids going Dreamcast. Oh yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. all sorts of kind. Yeah, the GameCube has one too. You're right. GameCube has one. Um, God, it's so weird how we can't recall it, but we know it's there. No, I, I, well, what I remember is a lady <laughs> whispering it, right? But Me too. It, it, it may have varied between, uh, between commercials and overtime and stuff. But yeah, of course, uh, you know, the Switch nowadays just has that click sound, right? And that's all it is. But you know exactly what it is with that reverb or whatever it is on the sound. I remember the first it. day. I don't think it was E3. It was a Nintendo Direct. But whatever it was, I remember when the Switch was first announced. Mm-hmm. I watched it, and I watched how hard they tried and still try to this day to get the into whatever they're doing. And it's mm-hmm. like, I see what you're doing. I see it actively working. And I yeah. hate that it's working because I thought it was so stupid when it first happened. When oh. they, when they, when they, at, they were at the press conference. This wasn't even just CGI or commercial. This is just them, you know, the Japanese businessmen at a podium going at the same time. And it's like this is the corniest shit ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, see, I love that kind of stuff because you know, I, I like when Nintendo is still just like fun and whimsical and doing their own thing, you know. Mm. Uh, instead of all that corporate oh, speech. Oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand percent by... Look, I, I, I posted this to Twitter the other day. I was like, I like the Wii U better than I like the Switch, but I like the Switch. I like the idea of the Switch so much better than I like the Wii U. And, mm-hmm. and, and like thinking about how they marketed it, I thought was genius, and I loved it. And I think I was on board until I saw the Switch Lite. And I was like... Why are you even calling that a switch? We we've talked about this before. Oh, because it yeah. doesn't switch anymore. Yeah, because it doesn't switch yeah, to yeah. Des- er, desktop. Uh, you know, console to handheld. You know, what what do you like about the Wii U more than the Switch? I like the Wii U more than the Switch uh, in that it feels like a console dedicated 3DS. In that the bottom screen is your touchpad your tv is your console mm-hmm. switch doesn't do that the switch is either the console or the hand pad or the, right. the game pad and there's no unison cooperation between the two switch okay. i like a lot because it seems from a utility standpoint like the perfect console as long as the games and software are such that the hardware limitations aren't a problem and and for you know for a good portion of games for the the switch's library that's the case um it, it's a perfect gaming machine but the wii u itself is so much more like it makes me change like change up how i interact and approach a video game so much more than i traditionally would if i was playing the switch or the ps3 or ps4 you know mm-hmm. i have a controller in my hand that i'm not going to pay attention to at all until i have to because of some awkward thing in the game or I have a controller in my hand, and I can look at the TV, I can look at the controller, or if I want to, I can just look at one of them the whole time. I can choose. I can use both. The Wii U gives you that option. It gives you one or the other or both, and it gives you mechanics that that work for both, and I just, I love that, so... The Wii U is dope, and honestly, I said this too, I'm going to make a prediction right now. After seeing Facebook bundles, like Facebook Marketplace, of bundles of like one or two games, the gamepad, the system, and all the cables for like $50 sometimes, I don't think 
the Wii U is ever going to get uh, better in terms of price. Like, I think now is the time to buy a Wii. Oh, sure. A um, thousand percent. So, I uh, for the most part, I don't like the gamepad. I don't like having two screens at once and a have, touch screen. When have I'm you played uh, Donkey Kong game. Tropical Freeze? No. Try that. It works very well. And I okay. heard it's very good for um, uh, Breath of the Wild for inventory management. Well, that's what I was going to say is there is one time that I really liked the Wii U gamepad and it was Wind Waker HD because, yeah, being able to like instead of going into the pause menu to assign different tools to different buttons all the time, you could just do it on the gamepad uh, while you while the game was still up. And so, yeah, that that use of it, I enjoyed. That was good. That was so much. You t- I think Voltar has talked about that on Twitter a whole bunch, too. Like, I think he said he prefers the Wii U uh, version because of how much easier it is to work with that. Um, mm-hmm. And, it, you know, if it was a PC game or something like Oblivion or, or, or Elder Scrolls games like Morrowind, where the inventory is a nightmare to manage, there are mods. But, like, with Breath of the Wild, what do you have? You have the Switch game that you could just deal with, or you have the Wii U game. And when, you know, I heard the Wii U game, like, performance wise, is just like maybe like 80, 70% as good as, as, as it runs on Switch. But I still hear it's very playable. And uh, if you got the. If you got the uh, the bonus perks of having the hand the gamepad to use as a second screen, why not go for it? Especially because I think it's still cheaper than the Switch version. Mm, yeah, yeah. Collector's edition, right there. Go for it. Sure, sure. Yeah, the Wii. Right. It 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 had it had perks, but overall, I I would I would sacrifice the few and far between Wii U perk for just having a regular ass controller <laughs> and one screen and only having to deal with that. And the Wii U's and the Wii U's Pro controller was just yeah. it was the one controller that decided to put the stick the right stick on top and found yeah. out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was not a fan of that either. Yeah, but all right. Um, that's about that. I talked about Crisis Core. I ranted about uh, uh, trying to play Legend of Mania. Is there any more you wanted to talk about? Uh, so, well, I don't know how much progress I've realistically made. I was I was going to say, is there anything more you wanted to talk about in Tomb Raider: Angel of Darkness? Uh, I've beaten it now. Had I beaten it last time we talked about it? I think you did. Okay. I spent. Um, I, I got my progress was that I added an additional hour to my time, <laughs> and not getting really anywhere, but finding out a lot mechanically about the game. I found out there's no aiming mechanic, despite there being four buttons to pull out and put away your fucking gun. There's no aiming. <laughs> there's yeah, you kind of just are aware of the presence of an enemy, and if you have line of sight, you just spam the X button. The X button. To, to fire your gun. Not R1, the X button. And you just spam yeah. that a whole bunch, and then they're dead. So that was exciting. I found that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think my, my overall sentiment with Tomb Raider Angel of Darkness is that there are bits of the game that are clearly unfinished. Oh. And, it, and those parts are extremely frustrating. Uh, like, and I'm talking shit like you don't know what killed you. There's, there's sound effects missing, like absolute bullshit, right? Where you're like, oh no. (laughs) And then also the game has just like super, super incredibly unresponsive controls. Right. But outside of that, I like every other part of the game. Right. I will give it this. I'm actually getting along and I'm enjoying getting along. Like I hate playing the game. 
But I haven't gotten to a point yet where I have begrudgingly thrown in the towel enough to where I said, all right, I don't care about how many saves I have left. I'm done. Mm-hmm. This is where I end it. I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll say also it's very fun to watch someone else play it once you once you finish your run. I gotta um, try that once I finish yeah, my yeah. run. He says, uh, <laughs> "Yeah, once 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 you're done with the game, I'm the last person's playthrough. It's great." Oh well, yeah, I could uh, watch a vod. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, I, but I, yeah, I think I we we talked pretty yeah, exhaustively. There's nothing else about, I have to say about, about it right now. <laughs> well, all right. Well, we you talked about Indigo Prophecy, and yeah, I did. I talked about Indigo Prophecy, or more accurately, uh, the the remastered Fahrenheit uh, International right. uncensored version. I'll be honest: if you guys are gonna go for that game, just buy the PS2 or Xbox game. There is no reason to go. Like it, the HD textures in some places, uh, the weather effects, the snow is very well done because I. <laughs> It's an apocalypse. The, the earth is getting way too cold. Way too cold for humans to be out and you would have exposed skin. Another part of the story that I hated. But anyway, it does a good job of showing you that there's a lot of snow coming down. Um, but I overall, gameplay-wise, buy the PS2 version. You'll be happier. It's made for the PS2 or, you know, Xbox. It might work for the Xbox, but I've never played the Xbox version. Buy that. Go through the story. You don't need your hot coffee mod sex scene. Just, just YouTube it if you're if you're somehow that desperate to see it. But uh, you know, give him a chance. Don't don't just don't just play one David Cage game. That's all I'll say. Oh yeah, yeah. And at the like Indigo Prophecy is an experience. At the at mm-hmm. the very least, watch a playthrough of it. It's, as as bad as the story something. can turn out, you getting resolution to why the beginning of the game happened is worth getting oh yeah it's it's a it's a ride <laughs> yeah we'll say it's a ride well uh we we appreciate y'all hanging out and listening and downloading uh this is all the way down episode 27 we'll be back in about two weeks from now with episode 28 talking about some other bullshit we're mad about that no one else will be mad about except for us i'm uh, invictus Knox. i can be found on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, etc. This is Dash Retro. Dash Retro can be found uh, on Twitch. Don't care about any of that other bullshit, you know. Like, yeah, just find me on Twitch. That will branch out into anything else that you need to see. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter too. Eh. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all next time.